Welcome to Nature Centered, a podcast from Wild Birds Unlimited about feeding the birds and enjoying nature right in your own backyard. Here are your hosts, naturalists John Schaust and Brian Cunningham. Hey everybody, I'm John Schaust. And I am Brian Cunningham. And welcome to episode number 41 of our nature-centered podcast. And man, it's going to be fun. We're going to be talking about backyard birds of prey. How much fun is that? Yeah. Who might show up in your yard? How can you tell what they are? Uh, You know, we might even address, are they really looking at your pets? Have you ever heard a bird soaring on a TV show or a movie and you hear that? A nice little call, right, John? Mm-hmm. Well, we might blow Better your mind, mind on yeah, we might <laughs> blow your mind on what that bird really is. And we also have a birds of prey expert joining us today to join in the conversation and bring some maybe some enlightenment as well as some fun information. <laughs> yeah, who is this guy anyway? I don't know. We'll have to find out. today here in central indiana man the weather we're in the it's been beautiful for you know mid-november that's unbelievable it's a gorgeous day leaves are raining like there's no tomorrow my backyard has been covered up a number of times already so uh, lots of lots of fun things going on with the change of seasons and a little bit of kind of interesting bird activity going too oh for real yeah we've had uh, i think across the country i was talking to someone in the northeast u.s almost into canada and someone in the pacific northwest all at the same time and we all earlier this week were at about 27 degrees in the morning mm-hmm, mm-hmm. which was amazing to me that across <laughs> across yeah. our continent we all had really cool mornings and then you know very crisp and then warming up uh but that's really actually this last week has made the bird activity in my yard all my birds are coming back they've been working on all the natural foods but having that cooling off period uh, i've been pretty excited i think you've had some of the same birds showing up yeah um, exactly bluebirds are back yeah they're coming back to the feeders um one of my favorite winter birds coming my feeders are the brown creepers the little brown birds that work the tree trunks. And I thought you out there. Did you have a winter wren? Or I'm just imagining. Not that. yet. Um, uh, I did see uh, a friend of ours that lives in Pennsylvania. Has yeah. a winter, had a winter wren in her backyard drinking yeah, out of a, in, a little bath. I was up in northern Indiana at my son and daughter-in-law's house and, and uh, about well, about a week ago. And we're sitting there. They've got feeders out, out their windows. And we're sitting there talking and watching. And all of a sudden, this little mouse-like bird starts hopping around on the on the uh, ground cool. underneath the feeder. It was a winter wren. How cool was that? Oh, man. Been, That's fun. That was cool. Yeah, yeah, I love the bluebirds, too. The, the, you know, it's it's one of those weird things that, you know, I keep my bluebirds. I have nesting boxes. I have nesting pairs of bluebirds throughout the summer. I, I raised at least two broods for the last couple of years uh, in and around my yard. And then when they get that last brood fledged and out on their own, they kind of disappear for a while. Ooh, I, 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 they're I gone. hear them, but they don't really hit my feeders very much for a couple of months. But you're Mine exactly are the same. right. This, yeah. We had that nice little cold snap for, uh, mm-hmm. what, three or four or five days maybe, where it got yep. really cold, below freezing at night. And man, that did it. That drove, I, look, we, you and I were actually doing some training for some new store owners last week mm-hmm. on, on, uh, on a Zoom-type platform. And I'm looking out my window and boom, here's five bluebirds that show up in my backyard. So it was like, yes, 
So, and then brown creepers have been showing up on a pretty regular basis. So, kind of fun. Yeah. Kind of fun. And I've I've been loving too the brown creepers and the golden crowned kinglets. Uh, they both have very very similar calls, mm. and so I've been yes. loving listening to the the golden crowned kinglets walking through walking. Yeah, working usually the golden crown <laughs> kinglets are working the the ends of tree branches where they're finding little insects. Um, but it's it's really fun when you hear that little um, of the yeah, the brown yeah, creeper. It's a real high pitch. It's yeah. it's really high pitch. It's generally about a three note, but it's really clean. Whereas a golden crowned kinglet has very similar, but it's not as clean. There's a little bit of a trill in each yeah, of those notes for birders to, but it's, to it's really, really, really definitively pull apart and, and get down for good. Cause it's, it's, it's a challenge. They are very yep. similar. And, and, you know, typically, you know, the Brown creeper is a sulker. You don't, you know, it's mm-hmm. on the side of a tree and you, you know, kinglets are just active. They're just moving around all the time oh, and you can, there, you can yeah. find a kinglet that's constantly moving. Yeah. If, it, if that, brown... if that call keeps moving around a lot, yeah. it's a yeah. kinglet. Yeah. <laughs> And brown creeper is kind of, you know, hard to find sometimes. You you hear it, you think it's a brown creeper, but you can't find that sucker to save your life, yep. you know? So and usually starts low and yeah. goes yeah. climbs up towards the upper part of a tree. So you've got clues if you're hearing mm-hmm. it. Where where are you hearing it? <laughs> yeah. But we got some cool things to talk about in regards to those backyard birds of prey. You know, this is one of those questions yeah. that you and I get a lot. You know, people people uh, uh Well, it's one of the seasonal changes as well. More birds of prey True, start to be seen in people's yeah. backyards in the yeah. fall. Leaves are off. Yeah. yeah, and we do. We we get calls and inquiries. Yeah. So it, we thought, you know, that would make a really good show to talk to people about what is going on in their backyard with these birds of prey. And, and of course, sometimes people get a little, uh, dare I say, freaked out at having a, a mm-hmm. big hawk or another, another uh, raptor in their backyard right. and uh, don't know quite what to make out of it. And, and uh, they get worried about their pets and or their own birds at their feeders. So right. we thought we'd spend a little time on that today and, and uh, talk about backyard birds of prey. So we'll be back in just a moment, and we're going to introduce a guest that we have to help us talk about birds of prey. All right, Brian, backyard birds of prey. What a fun topic we've got today. Kind of mentioned people get a little worried sometimes about if I have backyard birds of prey. I personally love seeing them come in because they're other birds, but I don't necessarily want them preying upon my birds that I'm feeding. Is that, uh, is that, you could call it a Hail Mary? Oh, uh, yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. Sorry. But Sorry. but it can be a, a real concern for some people. And there may be other concerns. You know, are they really eyeballing my pets? So we're going to chat about that a little bit. What better scenario for this topic than to bring in someone who is an expert with birds of prey? We have Will Schaust with us today. And Ooh. Will is the... <laughs> <laughs> That's so familiar. Yeah, similar last name, I think, John. (laughs) So Will is the manager of the Ornithology Center at Eagle Creek Park. And Eagle Creek Park actually is one of those premier municipal parks. It's one of the largest in the United States. And uh, they have a live birds of prey program that they do educationally where people come in. And they also travel with that program. Um, He also fields a lot of questions about birds of prey. Uh, Lots of folks uh, reaching out phone calls, emails, and such. Um, But Eagle Creek Park also is being such, it is a premier park for birding as well. Uh, There are over 200 species of birds that have been found in that park. It's actually even been nominated for one of the top birding spots 
in Indiana. Will, we are really glad to have you join us. Yeah, glad to be here. Thanks, y'all, for having me. <laughs> Should be a good time. And by the way, I just want to say it's a coincidence. It's the same last name, right? Yeah. Just pure happenstance. <laughs> yeah. They picked me up off the street. They said, I want to talk about birds. It was great. Yeah, yeah. something about the nut not falling far from the... You know, exactly. <laughs> that nut doesn't fall far from the tree. Hmm. Yeah. Okay. Thanks for saying nut and not apple. Well, there you, you go. Know, Let's just get the labels right on top here. <laughs> well, we're, we're really excited to have you join us and bring some of that expertise about birds of prey. You know, beyond just the backyard bird feeding hobby concept, but to be able to make it relatable to folks because exactly. you get a lot of those questions. We do. And I think my goal today, you know, while I'm here and, and talking to y'all is to really let people know that if you're feeding birds, if you're making that choice to feed birds in your backyard, you don't always necessarily get to draw that line at what birds you don't feed. <laughs> <laughs> right. <laughs> and that can relate to songbirds, different songbird species, as well as the birds Absolutely, of prey that yeah. might, that Absolutely. might show so, Will, you know, you run this ornithology center. That's kind of cool in itself. I mean, there's not many ornithology centers around the country, much less, you know, here in Indiana. You have the only one. You have great exhibits about birds and, and not only birds of prey, but all kinds of birds. You guys do a tremendous educational program. You're oh, very yes. active and your staff is very active. You have how many birds of prey? Eight, currently. Eight different birds of prey that you use for educational purposes, and you do all, a lot of the training and so one of the things that's really cool about that is you you kind of get to know, I hate to say the personality, I don't want to anthropomorphize, but they kind of have a, a characteristic behavior, if you will. Yes, you could call it personality. Uh, and and how does that relate to some of the behavior maybe people see in their backyards? So our staff has attended a lot of trainings at Minnesota Raptor Center. We've been down to Natural Encounters International with uh, Steve Martin. Not that Steve Martin with the banjo. <laughs> Wild and crazy guy. Yeah, the other Steve Martin. <laughs> uh, we've been out to ABI and seen them out in California. So we've had a lot of training. And the thing that I always tell us is to learn what normal is for your bird. So at the risk of you know anthropomorphizing and, and saying that birds have different personalities, they do react to stimuli differently. Mm -hmm. You know, every red tail is not going to react the same way to you know an enrichment toy or to your training regimen so it's really important for us to take that time and learn what normal is to then get a better outcome from our birds mm -hmm. and so i think applying that to kind of a broader brush you know the generic yard feeding mm -hmm. station uh even if you take that time and just you know two minutes watch the raptor watch the hawk or the falcon or the vulture the eagle and kind of learn what they're doing and you yeah. can kind of decode and decipher yeah what they're thinking while they're watching your area. Yeah, I think the one thing we want to walk away from uh, this particular episode with is, is for folks is to maybe come to some appreciation. I mean, how cool is it when you get some of these birds in your backyard? And you're exactly right. You know, maybe not panic, maybe not get upset, but literally watch. I mean, Cooper's hawks are so cool and they are so neat. And I have had Cooper's hawks for years. You know, I've run nature centers and had feeding stations at all those in my own backyard for, I hate to say it, 40 years. And Cooper's hawks occasionally come in. And it's been interesting. I've had brush piles in my yard and brush piles uh, outside my nature center. And when the Cooper's hawk comes in, and it's mainly a bird-eating bird, all the birds head into the brush pile. And I've I literally watched Cooper's hawk walk over our land on top of the brush pile and literally trying to reach down with their talent mm -hmm. to get to the birds hiding down in the brush pile. That's it's, a it's, it's almost that's comical. A, yeah. 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 
But raptors, you know, kind of have this niche of, of being villains in movies. And so we look at them as being very efficient and, and good hunters. But fact is, red tails only catch food one out of every 17 times. That's amazing. Yeah, Cooper Talks so, have a 33% success rate. I mean, right. just imagine, even if you had to go to one, like only one out of three McDonald's had your Big Mac. Yeah. Even driving to the different parts of town to find that is so frustrating to me. And I blame Amazon for this like instant ratification that's going on. Can I do that? Can I blame another company on a company podcast? Bleep. Take it back to one. Let's let's start over. <laughs> get upset and I get it. I don't want the hawks eating the birds at my feeders. I really don't. And Brian and I we're gonna talk a little bit about, you know, some of the things that we can do to to uh help the birds at our feeders to avoid being uh, attacked or eaten by some of these birds of prey. And, you know, but the bottom line is they're going to get a, like a Cooper's hawk will eat about one bird a day on average. It's going to find one bird a day. It has to, it has to survive. So whether it gets it, that bird at your feeders or it gets it out in the woods, you, you know, you're not going to change the game either way is my point by having those bird feeders back there. Now, yes, I don't necessarily need to witness that, <laughs> but uh, I, you know, again, I, I, this is kind of, you know, something that you want to get uh, maybe a different perspective on sometime. But again, we're going to come up with some really good things that you can do in your backyard here in a few minutes that will help you help your birds. And, and maybe for the folks at home, maybe they might hear us say raptor. They might hear us oh, say bird of idea. prey. Yeah. Um, maybe if we talk about that. So, so for me, a raptor or a bird of prey is a bird that has talons, they have the hooked beak, they're hunting other animals or birds for a living. You know, when we say a bird of prey, we don't mean a bird that's going to church every Sunday. <laughs> Hell Mary. Because those would be cardinals. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh, <laughs> Let it marinate a little bit. It'll, it'll get you. Genetics are heck. Yes, they are. <laughs> but a lot of folks will ask me, especially, you know, well, I know great blue herons eat fish. Why are they not considered raptors? That's a great question, right? Yeah. And so for me, it's all in the beak shape. Hawks, eagles, falcons, vultures, kites, all these different birds have that hooked beak and the talons to kind of act like a knife and fork set. So they use the talons to hold the feet, hold the prey down. They use the beak to rip it apart in smaller bites. They actually do have some table manners, you know, so we appreciate that. It's not like trying to swallow a cheeseburger in one bite, you know. Like those owls do, right? They're, they're just no tables manners. I tell you. I know one of the things that I always tell people when you're looking at yeah. You, you think about if you, you start really big, you have like eagles and maybe even turkey vultures. They're the really big ones that are soaring around in the sky, not doing much flapping. And then you come down to a little bit smaller to the hawks. And they don't do a lot of flapping either. Uh, but you see more hawks generally than you do eagles. Uh, and if you live near, I like where I live, you see more turkey vultures than anything. Uh, they're always flying through here. But then... You get into some of those like Cooper's hawks and sharp shin hawks. They're a little bit smaller hawks that have a good uh, broad wing that's a little bit shorter with a long tail, which makes them excellent for flying through forests, flying mm. through wooded areas. Um, those tails act as a rudder, and it's incredible to be able to watch them dart and just twist their bodies uh, with barely any yeah. flapping, the speed they get. And that, but then, that is probably the number one bird most people have coming to their backyard and yeah. really truly going after birds in their backyard. Yeah. At their a, a Cooper's or a Sharpshin. Yeah. yeah, yeah. It's so amazing. Interesting little thing I came across 
in the past is that you were talking about they were they're shorter wings and the way their body and the tail they're made to cut you know cut sharp and be able to go through forest and avoid yeah. limbs and branches but apparently apparently they're not that good at doing it because a, right. <laughs> a study was done and they they brought birds that were at rehab centers and they did x-rays on these birds and they were finding that about 25 percent of all the the uh, cooper's hawks that they looked at had healed bones in their chest whether it was a, like mm-hmm. a you know rib bone or whatever it might be so one, they can apparently survive, but two, apparently, apparently they're not quite as agile as they need to be to avoid <laughs> backing into limbs and things like that. So you know, our basement freezer is the same way. So we're partnered with Lights Out Indie, great organization, convincing yeah. folks to turn off oh. their lights during the migratory season so that birds don't run into the windows. Our freezer has more Cooper's hawks than anything else. Wow! You oh, know, wow. it's them and some of the like uh, Swainson's thrushes from the from flying into buildings mm-hmm. downtown. Mm-hmm. Wow! Yeah, we've got probably. At least nine, ten Cooper's hawks. Wow! So you eventually like give those out to other nature centers that get taxidermy. You know, or? the goal is to probably form some kind of taxidermy network for other mm-hmm. nature centers because we do have hundreds of birds in this freezer. Yeah. Oh um, my goodness! It's just a matter of us trying to get established and, and get that network up and mm-hmm. going. So you are the repository for the Lights Out Indies. Yeah, it's been a really cool partnership. So wow. They bring us all kind. They've brought us uh, Nelson Sparrow. They've brought us. Whoa. Uh, harriers, they've brought us owls, they've brought us songbirds, wow. tanagers, yeah. Okay. Well, that's cool. And then that feeds directly into our one-of-a-kind exhibit upstairs, mm-hmm. you know, not in the basement, uh, where we have about 130 birds taxidermied. That's, I had no idea the Coopers would have been that vulnerable mm-hmm. to flying yeah. in the building. So, guard your windows, people. Wow. Yeah, it harkens back to uh, an episode or two we've done on keeping your windows safe, not just in yeah. your backyard, but even in the community. And, and I mean, businesses turn off lights at night, which is what lights out programs are all about. Yeah. So that's great that you bring that up. Uh, it's so just a little shocking to hear about all the other birds. Yeah, really. So let's let's take a, a serious look at what are we talked about? The coopers and the sharpshin are probably mm-hmm. the most common backyard birds that people see and, and get worried about. Yeah. What are some what are the, what are the main ones that show up in, in people's yards throughout the country? Yeah, and I would say it's the Coopers and the Sharpies. Um, and then every once in a while, you're going to see red-tailed hawks and red-shouldered hawks, depending mm-hmm. on where you live. I mean, red-tailed hawks are across the country. Red-shouldered hawks are more in the, the eastern half. Um, but you're more often going to see them in wintertime. Coopers hawks and sharpshin hawks are, are across the continent as well. Mm-hmm. Um, but you do see them quite often in wintertime. And I keep saying in wintertime because... Kind of like songbirds migrate, and we've done some episodes on songbird migration. We do have hawks and eagles and vultures that do migrate in the fall. And so we do start to get to see a greater concentration of them in our backyards. And we know Cooper's hawks and Sharpshin hawks, actually, what they like to eat, they specialize in eating songbirds, as well as a few other things, other small things, rodents and and such. But that's why they might show up in your backyard. Yeah, the red tail and the red shoulder will do birds occasionally, but they're probably more. You know, I have we have a resident red shoulder that has nested in our neighborhood for years and years, and we see it all the time. And we have a pretty good squirrel population. <laughs> mm-hmm. It's not unusual <laughs> for me to be watching out the back window and see a, an attempt at the uh, the local squirrel by the local red shoulder mm-hmm. dog. I, I've actually never seen him get one, but he sure has. Not, it's not from the lack of trying. So right. So. When you get calls, Will, at the at the Ornithology Center, I mean, what what is it with you know? Is it people wanting to 
identify the birds? Is it people wanting to figure out how to keep their birds safe or what do you deal with mostly? In in a word, yes. <laughs> it is everything. You know, we, everything. We answer questions about raptor ID. We answer questions about is their dog safe? You know, I just had a call the other day where somebody was concerned that this mystery, you know, biggest bird they'd ever seen was going to eat their dog and, and they weren't sure what to do. And I said, well, you know, you can go out with your dog. You can stand there. The pack mentality, you know, raptors are very opportunistic and they're all about energy expenditure. Mm-hmm. And so it's, it's, it's not worth the energy of fighting off two in a pack to get your food, then they'll probably just leave and go and do something else. Well, I go through this whole conversation with this person and they, they can't go out with the dog. They're, you know, they're have arthritis. They can't do it. And eventually I ask, well, how big is your dog? And this person says, Oh, 70 pounds. (laughs) Seven, zero pounds. 70 pounds. Okay. Okay. You probably want to see the question first. You know, Public service is about learning, and I, I this was a very learnable moment for me. Asking yeah, questions first, question yes. first I think. and then and then she ended up sending a picture, and it was a turkey vulture. So even still, you know, right. doubly fine. You know that dog is not going anywhere. Well, your turkey, right? Your turkey vulture number one is not going to prey upon your 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 dog in your backyard. <laughs> and there's no bird of prey that is going to prey upon a seventy pound. Puppy oh, not dog. even hardly even a seven pound. I mean, <laughs> yeah. it, you know, it, it, right. it, it, take, it takes a really small animal, whether it's a a small little dog, uh, you know, maybe some type of puppy, um, very you know, small puppy. Yeah, uh, it, yeah. You know, <laughs> most birds of prey that are in your backyard are not capable of flying away. I'm not right. saying it never happens, but the chances of it happening are slim to none. So yeah, and and yeah, there are steps you can take. You know. Don't go out alone with your dog, or and, and really, I think the one you got to worry about is great horned owls because they're super strong. They can lift about three times their body weight, and so those the hawks, you know, eagles and, and falcons, not so much. But I think are more nocturnal might be the more opportunistic. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, and so if you have a little tiny dog, then if you're letting it out in the in the evenings or the mornings when it's twilight or at nighttime, then if you're worried about the owls, go out with them. Right mm-hmm. from what you're saying. Mm-hmm. Every once in a while, depending on if you are in more of a, a grassland area, and I know there are a lot of folks that live in more open areas, you might get kestrels, the American kestrel, or a merlin. And they're in the falcon family. It's so they're smaller. Um, you know, you're talking maybe they're smaller than a crow. Mm-hmm. Um, and, you know, kind of like a big blue jay. Yeah. Uh, but they have very pointed wings, um, very powerful wings. And... They predominantly actually prey on insects and, and small rodents. Uh, but you might see them flying around in your backyard. Or like I said, if you, if you have a, an open space, that's kind of grassy. Yeah. Uh, One of my favorite things, I got a chance to go to Monhegan Island off the coast of Maine, which is in the oh, fall, yeah. a great birding mecca. It's, a, you know, you get, it's about, I don't know, 10 or 12 miles off the coast. And so as the birds migrate south, it's this little landmass that they can all land on, you know, before hitting the coast. And, and so you get kind of nice little fallouts of different, you know, migrating birds. Well, went with a birding group and, and had this house rented for the birding group and it had this beautiful front porch overlooking what is the well field, you know, the drinking water wells. They have a field out there where the pumps are at and, and, the, and the wells are drilled. And so it's just nice habitat. It's just been, you know, it's not developed. There's nothing over the top of it except just nice habitat. 
and a bunch of, you know, in the fall, you ever, you know, you get the grasshoppers coming up when you walk through the weeds and they're flying oh, yeah. around. Well, these grasshoppers were all, and dragonflies, dragonflies everywhere. And these merlins were having a picnic. I mean, they're but, just, they're, they're oh, probably three cool. or four merlins just diving down and taking out these dragonflies and getting a, getting a, a grasshopper here and there. And then all of a sudden, I don't know where it came from. I have no idea. But this flicker apparently had been on the ground eating ants or something, you know, on a, an old log or just on an ant mound or whatever. Mm-hmm. This flicker comes up and you just see this flicker coming up at about a 45 degree angle and starting to fly. And this Merlin stooped on it and just nailed it. Just the yeah, unbelievable. Wow. Drove it right back into the ground. It was, on, you know, because a, a flicker is probably pretty close to the same size as a Merlin. It's, but, it's pretty close, yeah. But that that bird had so much speed because, again, that's what falcons do. They, they stoop. They dive at a high rate of speed. That was a pretty amazing thing to see. Oh, yeah. yeah. Well, and you think about, like, the peregrine falcon, which is, I think, the fastest, <laughs> fastest not just bird but creature in the world with, the, with their dive over 200-some miles an hour that they figured out. Yeah. 250 i i don't know i yeah that's one of those weird things mm-hmm. it seems like everybody who puts something in writing somewhere wherever it might be it's always different i saw yeah. something yeah. today that was 120 yes wait a minute you know and what? that's that's <laughs> that's the one i see most often yeah. as well it's, fast it's enough amazing for me to picture 32 of them going around the speedway you know <laughs> that, that's how i picture it that's, that's what happens when we raise you in indianapolis yeah, right you know <laughs> Raisin and basketball. That's that's all we know there around here. Soybeans too, I guess. Yeah, there you go. Corn. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> right. <laughs> and birds. And yes. birds. Yes. Birds. We are known for birds. Come on. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So birds of prey. Always really fun, especially when you're watching television, you're watching a movie, <laughs> and it's the whole how birds of prey are misunderstood or misrepresented. So, yeah, you know, you here. always yeah. you always see that soaring bird and then you hear that call, right? So what's the problem with this, guys? It's a bird that's owed a lot of royalty checks. Is what Indeed, because it, it is not a bald eagle, which goes... It is not. <laughs> They're an excited chicken. Can we just get it out there? Yeah. 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 I, but, I mean, it doesn't really scream like, freedom! Yeah. 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 Not, not the best. Yeah. Yeah. So, for some reason, the movie makers somehow figured out that the bald eagle just didn't have that really powerful dramatic call so they decided to do a substitution i would say mm-hmm. two turkey vultures get it a lot you know any big uh, yeah, dark bird yeah, yeah, true any true. big I dark mean, bird i'm pretty sure i saw one with a turkey that had a call of this bird yeah just ridiculous so they always substitute one of the most you know dramatic calls that you can hear and that is the red-tailed hawk absolutely <laughs> <laughs> so it's one of those things where you know if you know your bird calls if you know your birds of prey it jumps out at you like a truck you know coming out of a curve or something but you know the bottom line is if you don't it just sounds like it's very natural that that's what a bald eagle sounds like well no not even close but so there are misperceptions out there in the media about some of our birds of prey I will say, too, if you ever get the chance to hear that live and not on a movie screen or on a TV mm-hmm. screen, mm-hmm. life-changing. Yeah. It's so cool yeah. to hear. I had a couple of red tails soaring over my head, and they were calling at each other in that big screech. And it's just, it's so cool. Yeah. Yeah. So, Will, anything else? To, I mean, you've had a 
bucket full of experience with all these birds of prey and people oh, have yeah. problems with them. Any any words of wisdom or other experiences you'd like to share with us today? You know, throughout my, my checkered past, I'd like to just <laughs> throw in there. Um, you know, I've done rescues before. We've gone out to, to places near the park. You don't want to have a huge staff, so mm-hmm. we, we can't just rescue birds 24-7. But um, done a few rescues, done, done a lot of phone calls. And I think my big thing is if you're describing a bird to someone, don't make it a fishtail. You know, just describe it as accurately as possible because, it, yeah, it was like this big and it gets bigger every time. Yeah. Uh, it really helps the folks you're talking to identify the bird. If you can send a picture, that's even better. Yeah. If you see the bird and you think, I need to call the bird center, try to get a picture first because uh, it can really help us help you identify and, you know, answer whether or not your pet needs to be concerned or you need to be concerned for your pet's safety. You know, that call earlier, Mm -hmm. if Mm -hmm. I just asked how big the dog was at the beginning, or if, you know, we had described the turkey vulture more accurately, it would have been able to to be a non-issue. But yeah, just help us help you, I guess, is the whole moral of the story here. And that's very true. Brian and I both have, over the years, peeled at many, many of those same things. It had polka dots (laughs) and a mohawk, and it was... We are never ceased to be amazed sometimes when things... Finally get us a photo after, you know, dealing with a couple of different descriptions of what they're seeing. And it's like, are you kidding me? That's really what you were seeing? Yeah. Right. (laughs) All right, Brian. I think we've teased everybody enough about what solutions they can have if they don't want all these hawks in their backyard. So maybe we'll start off the the session here with uh, your number one recommendation to people in regards to keeping hawks uh, in in check in their backyards. Oh, well, I think my number one recommendation is going to go back to something we, we talk about all the time, and that is brush piles. And beyond that, it could be evergreens, but it's all about having a safe place for the birds to go. And if you can have those within about 10 feet of your bird feeding stations, then it's something whether you're in your backyard or you're not even at home, those are always there. And the birds have a safe place to get to. Yeah, <laughs> that's my number one. Yeah, and I agree with you 100. percent I'm a, as you well know, I'm a big fan of brush piles, and I've I've watched birds take cover in them many, many times. Oh yeah. You know the other thing that's it's kind of silly, and you think, duh, but just scare these things away. If you're right. watching and you see that bird come in there, tap on the window, open the door, and shout at them. Whatever it takes yeah. to scare them away. If you are fairly diligent about that uh they'll get the hint right. <laughs> they'll stop coming right. around so the key is you gotta some... be home and see them so <laughs> exactly so if you're not home what would we recommend to people well another thing that you can do is if you're seeing them coming around quite often you can take down your feeders for a little while from a few days to a week or two help the birds disperse and hopefully you talk about uh that the grass is always greener on the other side well maybe the hunting's a little better somewhere else and that's the whole idea. You're trying to get that that bird of prey, that hawk, to realize, oh, I can find find a better a hunting ground in someone else's yard or in the field yeah. somewhere else, uh, yeah, and hopefully takes, get them to move on from your yard. It takes your yard off the list of preferred restaurants. And <laughs> that's right, exactly. <laughs> it sends them packing. All right, Brian. I think we've uh, covered the subject pretty well today. It's a lot of fun. Bird, backyard birds of prey are just a tremendous amount of fun. And it's exciting when you get one of those in your yeah. backyard. My gosh, it, it really raises the excitement level up quite a bit. Yes, and, and and you don't have to be freaked out about it. And and if it does cause concern, uh, we've talked about different things that you can do to alleviate those concerns. And you know your pets are going to be safe. And you've got things you can do to help keep your birds safe. Mm-hmm. But other than that, we really appreciate having Will here today. 
Wonderful to have you, Will. We really appreciate your expertise and your comments and the fun that you help bring. So thanks for being here. <laughs> That's right. It was a good time. Thanks for having yeah. me. And needless to say, if it doesn't show, I'm really proud of what my son has accomplished and what he's doing. And, and he does a great, great job. So oh, the people aren't here for the mushy gushy. I know, They're here for I the bird stuff. I'm sorry. <laughs> Just had to say it. Just had to say it. So anyway, please, if you enjoyed this one, come back. Listen to us next time. And you know what? It's hard to believe on today when it's like in the mid-60s, but the holidays are rapidly approaching and one of our things that we really really believe in is sharing the joy of this hobby so next Indeed. time we're going to talk about sharing the joy of this hobby with your friends and relatives over the holidays so thank you for joining us everyone and we'll look forward to seeing you next time yep and so until then brian and i as always are going to let nature be our guide so please until then take care and be safe thanks for joining us everyone Thanks for listening to this episode of Nature Centered. To subscribe to this podcast, for show notes, or to connect with the Wild Birds Unlimited store nearest you, visit wbu.com slash podcast. Until we meet again, take some time to relax, enjoy the birds, get out in your backyard, and stay nature-centered.